always has like a delay on it too. Yeah. To wait like five seconds. That's okay. That's pretty long. <laughs> That's pretty long for me. Uh, Dane, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, do you want Exciting to say week? Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Because I was going to see if you wanted to talk about anything just briefly about your feelings well, on any sporting events that happened tonight. Well, I'm really happy Kyrie got hurt because now my Bucks can maybe make it to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. So that's a positive. But then I started to care about the Jazz, not as like my favorite team, but I, I just I want it for them so bad. And everything has fallen into place for the Jazz to win a championship this year where the the two powerhouses have crippling injuries that seem like they're going to you know, the Lakers are out of the playoffs in the first round. The Nets were going to cruise to a championship, but now Irving I was going to say, Harden, I didn't see any big injuries from the Suns. I wasn't sure what you were talking yeah, about well, there. Well, I, well, yeah, but and I would love to see the Suns Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. And after tonight's game, there is no chance the Jazz are beating the Clippers unless <laughs> Conley comes back. Unless <laughs> Conley comes back. It, they are awful. It's good to have it's good to have uh, a glimpse of your depression for anybody who only listens to the golf podcast because the golf podcast is actually the one where you never you're never on the wrong side of the emotions because no. we're always talking about like our hopes and our dreams for what's going to yeah. happen and yeah. then we don't we, I don't think we've ever come back on and been like fucking Sergio I thought he was going to be top twenty five and missed the, the cut the, the thing with golf that's so unique to compare to other sports is Winning is so rare, you know, you could be the best golfer in the world and exclu excluding Tiger Woods and your win percentage is less than 10%. So when a player goes out and finishes in the top 10, you're like, oh, I'm not disappointed that he didn't win. He finished in the top 10. That's pretty good. And so with basketball, though, or any other sport, it's one team versus another. And, and so there seems to be a lot more riding on it. Because it's like, yeah. oh, they should win this game or they can't win this game. In the golf, it's like if you win, that's like incredible. And if you lose, it's like, uh, well, we probably kind of expected you not to win. Yeah, while we're – before I answer that, I just wanted to make sure – I forgot to do this before – that you're talking into your mic like pretty close to it, right? I don't – I honestly don't know. I just want yeah. to make sure we're the same distance away from the mic. Well, I'm I like my... six inches. So I'm on my phone So because I left my laptop. Oh, you're on headphones. My, and my work's oh, okay. on my headphones. Yeah. Oh, so we're good. You can't really get those yeah. that far away from the face anyways. All right, to answer uh oh, that's what I was going to say. So, it's interesting when you say that. I was looking over the numbers and I was just like who's playing well? Like who are the top names? And it, and it's funny that you could think about some of the top names and you still say Ricky Fowler just because you're used to saying it. But it goes to your point like Ricky Fowler hasn't done anything in a long time and he's been bad for a long time and he's still one of the most popular He's not in... playing in the U.S. Open. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he didn't qualify, right? He didn't qualify. And he's still he did. one of the most popular guys out there. He's one of the most marketable guys. And, like, if you were in the NBA and your team was, like, 0-22, you would lose a fortune, and nobody would care about you at all. Like, your most loyal supporters are like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. I'm going to go watch Brooklyn because I was assuming this was the Knicks in this scenario. But – that is interesting about golf, even like, you know, Tiger. Well, I think a better example would be Jack. After Jack didn't win a major for a long time, everybody thought he was done. 
but he was kind of like everybody's favorite player out there, even though he wasn't winning. And then finally wins it when he was 46. But I think that is, I think that's one benefit of being a, an athlete in golf is that when you win, it's like, yay, he did, he did a really cool thing. And when you just play okay or well, they're like, ah, he's, he's still playing well. Let's talk about this again too. I want to talk about that because I think, again, excluding Tiger Woods, I think being a, out of any sport, well, to, the two sports I would want to be really famous in or really good at is golf and soccer. Soccer is a little different because in the United States, people, you could be, you know, Messi or Ronaldo. You're not going to get a crazy amount of attention, but I guess out internationally you will. But if you're a really good golfer, if you're Dustin Johnson, number one golfer in the world, and you you can go out still, you can still have like a live a normal life and make yeah. as much money as any athlete, while any of these other athletes who play professional football or baseball, maybe not baseball, but basketball, you kind of have to change the way you live your life. I think golf's the best <laughs> sport to be a professional athlete in. Do you think that's just because like when we look at golfers, we're like, honestly we're the same amount of athletic. Like there's nothing awe-inspiring about seeing a golfer in the wild. Like no, nobody's ever nothing. been like, holy shit, that's Zach Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no wonder, no wonder he made it. But if you, like, I remember seeing, um, what's his, what's his name? Uh, Brian Russell, God, when I was a kid and just thinking like, I had been around BYU players a lot. And then I saw him and I was like, Oh, like, like I, I just, I knew like that was a different sized human being, yeah. but with a golfer, you're like, you're smaller than me. And you yeah, look like weak. Brooks Kepka, for example, everyone freaks out about like, oh my gosh, like he looks like a football player. He's so big. And like, I've been, I've been with Brooks Kepka. I've like been in the vicinity of Brooks Kepka before. And I oh, look like a, that's nice giant i look like a giant compared to brooks Koepka. he's not a big guy yeah and you're so, not a you're what six four yeah i'm six four two yeah, twenty I think you're yeah you're like one inch taller than me so yeah, yeah six four I think. yeah about, I, right probably less than an inch <laughs> where um, it counts <laughs> yeah but to your point he he does look massive and he's like he looks massive because he's the only guy out there like one of the only guys out there that looks like an actual athlete but not like an elite one. Like if you showed up to play any other sport and Kepka showed up, you're like, oh, we'll be all right. We're like, he, he's probably an athlete, but we'll be all right. We're, he's not yeah. going to dominate us. He's at least Matt. He's at least given off the perception that he's an athlete. I don't know if he is, but he's given off that. I bet you Tony Finau is probably the best athlete on tour. He could be. I think Kepka played like high school basketball. I'm pretty oh, sure. Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland played college basketball. Yeah, but like Division two. Still, that's pretty good. I'm well, but Tony would have played Division One if he stuck with basketball. Yeah, probably. He was he was that good. So yeah, he's a lot lot like you in so many ways, Dano. <laughs> well, while we're talking about big guys, I know I know for cer certain because I think you added this on there that you wanted to talk about Brooks v Bryson. Yeah, I mean, what what if, this is the greatest thing for golf right now, you know, with Tiger being out. And we, and maybe indefinitely he may never return. You know, it it's we need storylines and things that <laughs> compel 
not just the average golfer, but people outside of the average golf viewer. And um, this whole Brooks Bryson thing is fantastic. And I don't think it's fabricated. I think it's genuine. And um, Brooks is my favorite, man. I, I've been having a, I've been getting a lot of arguments lately with people because they're Good saying, for you. oh, Brooks is a bigger, is a bigger douchebag than Bryson. And which I will not tolerate something being said that Bryson is Bryson and Patrick Reed are the two biggest douchebags on tour. There's and, like a uh, difference, right? Like, I think Kepko is like a douchebag, like bro douchebag, and yes. Bryson and Reed are douchebags, like fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, I, love yeah, I don't it. know exactly. And, Thank you for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. No, you're right. And like okay. they're, yeah, they're they're the guy in school that you just hated being around. And Brooks yeah. was probably like the more popular guy, but he's kind of he's kind of popular and like people knew him and girls liked him, so you thought he was a douchebag you know, that type of thing. But like sure. the, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, but the, um, <laughs> I really want the U, I really wish the U S open would have doubled down and paired them in the first round together. Yeah. If there's a God, they'll be paired. That's for sure. Yeah. Here's, there is one thing that I have, like I've been baffled by in, I think most people, I think the other thing about golf is that when, when there's a beef like this, everybody takes a side, but not really passionately for the most part. Right, like we're just all so excited to see some beef that we're like, hey guys, like, let's keep it calm, like let's let's roll with it, but let's not blow it up. We want this beef to be allowed to keep happening. Uh, and so I don't know. Th the funny thing about golf is that it's also such a gentleman's game, and you're supposed to be so proper that like part part of the beef is like, like for example, Bryson. I don't know if you saw this playing his practice round last last week. He kept throwing people out. Because when he'd hit it, people would say, uh, there Let's you go, Kepka. Nice shot, Kepka. Yeah. And he was throwing them out. And like, can you imagine that in football? If somebody's like to uh, – Or to, basketball. Uh, it, or to Peyton Manning, they're like, hey, nice throw, Eli. He's like, get them the fuck out. And then they, they, yeah. they just did. And everybody in the crowd's like, yeah, he shouldn't have said that. He, uh, he shouldn't have been saying that. He should. His name's Peyton. His name's not Eli. And that's that's not right. Like, that's the difference between golf and every other sport. Like, the stuff you could say in other sports is pretty awesome. So, the, it's like the most mild beef of any beef that's ever been beef. Because it's basically that Kepka rolled his eyes. That's, like, most of the beef. And it's well, the biggest story in golf. And I love it. And, I'm like, I know that it's not, it's not something that normally people would be like, oh, that's crazy. But because it's golf, we're like, that's crazy. And it's like the most harmless fun we can possibly have because nothing's going to happen. They'll just keep trolling each other. Yeah, and and the thing too is, I, I I don't see Bryson's supposed to be this genius. He has to understand. Does he think that by doing that, it's going to make people stop saying that? It's actually just going to encourage more people to 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 say that when he's playing, and it obviously bothers him. And so, do you think it's do you think it's possible that uh, Bryson has made a marketing decision to go just full heel. Like I hope a, so. Like I a Colby a, Covington, just like, you know what? Like a Black Mamba, people, like a yeah, Colby like people Black already, Mamba. Yeah, people already don't like – like before people didn't really like him, but he they also didn't really care. And then he bulked up, and then he started pissing people off, and then now people have really strong opinions. And so yeah. I'm wondering if he just like has looked at the numbers like, ah, oh, 70% don't like me. I'm going to embrace heel. 
And then that would be beautiful if he just embraced this heel idea yeah. for the re- like the next ten years to just like <laughs> walking past people's balls and laughing at them because he outdrove them or <laughs> just like I can't kind of be in a think... that way. I would love that. It would be like you Patrick won't do Reed, it. But, um, it would, but a, a person like Patrick Reed who was kind of like doing it on purpose to get people riled up would be unbelievable. Yeah, I wish he would do that. That would make that's the only way I'm gonna like him to be honest. I, yeah. I'm not going to be a Bryson fan unless he starts to go full heel, and then I will be Bryson's biggest fan. I agree. I just don't know if he has the. I I don't. I I think his brain works differently, and I don't think that he's like consciously making the decision. I think he's just naturally fall. It's just falling into place. Let me let me tell you something, Dane, and uh, and I mean this as an insult and as a compliment. You have no idea what it's like to be a sociopath, okay? You know, you can't <laughs> comprehend at all the idea that you would want to make people dislike you. You're you're one of the friendliest, like most kind people that I know. And not saying Thank like you. it really not saying it really kills you if somebody doesn't like you, but you're never going into a scenario where like I don't really want this person to like me unless you've already met them and you want to get rid of them. And even then I don't think you're capable of that. So leave it to the sociopaths to tell you that I think Bryson has it in him. I I recognize a little bit of sociopathicness. That's mm, a word. It's a great word. Uh, it real recognizes real, right? Like yeah, two, our souls have connected a little bit, me and Bryson, and I think that's where he's going because that's where I would go. It's hundred percent. Well, it's if a I smart move. Weigh, yeah, if I weighed the numbers and I'm like, all right, these people don't like me, but. They're also going to talk about me. I would go full heel. And can you, you know, think Bryson, of a, give me a call? Give me a call, Bryson. Can you think of a golf villain that we've ever had? There was like Sergio, right? But yeah. I think Sergio was the only villain that I can. A lot of people didn't like Phil, but he wasn't really a villain. Sergio was a villain, like throwing his shoe, talking shit to Tiger, like all the celebrations. He was the true golf villain that we've ever had. And that it's time for another one. But way better. Yeah, and I think he could be way better. And I think he kind of already is way better. Him and Patrick Reed could could both be that. The thing, the, yeah, the, the Bryson needs to double is, down with it. Yeah, like, I'm going to open a, a beverage here. So that's what you're going to hear. Oh. The other thing that... Uh, Thirsty already. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about golf, uh, where was I going with this? Where was I going? What did you just say? No, I forgot. If we're talking about heels and Bryson and Patrick, but they're kind of already big heels right now, and you know they do, and they also have chubby heels, so they do <laughs> literally they have literally big heels. Man, I had something so good, and it just uh, it left me, but that's all right. Anyway, we can, dig- we can digress. I I uh, if there is a god in the world, Bryson and uh, Brooks will play Saturday and Sunday together. That would be unbelievable. I mean, Sunday would be unbelievable. If they if they even took the camera off the two of them, I'd be upset. Like, yeah, they God, you'd have live coverage every shot. God, if you're listening, and uh, my parents, if you're listening, I know you guys have been wanting me to come back that way, get a little more maybe religious. Maybe you wanna, put Bryson and Brooks on the temple. I'm role, just saying. You know? I'm just saying that would yeah would give me pause after what I said. Yeah. I would at least I would at least open my mind a bit more, I think. And your heart. And my 
mostly my i think it's supposed to be your heart huh that's yeah, the problem. yeah my mind is open but my heart isn't i think that is yeah that's the problem okay uh mick um u.s open week yeah u.s open week our last major champion uh phil mickelson is playing his best golf in years coming up to a major that he's been runner up to six times and it's the only one that's eluded him the grand slam what do you think about phil's ability to uh lock down that resilient u.s open victory i don't really and I mean resilient I mean, like resilient from staying away from phil i want to be clear on that yeah i mean you you have i don't want to say he doesn't have a chance because he does have a chance but i don't think phil has a great track record at tory which is weird because he's from the area and he's played that course maybe just as much as any course he's ever played and but i i can't i don't know if he's ever won that there um i i think that the victory at the pga championship was amazing and i'm really pumped for him i don't think he has a shot at winning the u.s open this week um and uh but i hope he plays well it'd be fun if he was or were in contention um, so let's let's go let's say um instead of what we think how what's a scenario you see where phil does get it done he has to hit every fairway he has to keep the ball in play and that's that's like phil's biggest flaw is um or when he doesn't play when he when he doesn't win he misses fairways he's all over the place and he's one of the best scramblers we've seen the U.S. Open is a little different when it comes to scrambling, though. When you miss fairways, um, you're in trouble, especially because the greens are so hard. So, um, yeah, the I think the, the – Well, oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Finish. I was just going to say, I think that for him, he's he needs to just put the ball and play off the tee. That's, that's so, the scenario for him. So the interesting thing that I thought about today, I just watched a flyby of Tori. I've never been there because uh, – well, frankly, you haven't kept a lot of your promises, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that after. COVID sorry. happened. COVID happened. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know who? You probably made COVID happen just just to let me down. But I gave it to Rudy. Okay, but you played Tori multiple. You played yeah multiple times, right? How many times you played yeah. Tori? Probably twelve to fifteen times. All right. So this is everything I'm saying right now is something I was planning on not saying because I thought there was a chance I was going to look stupid, but that's all right. I watched just the flyby of Torrey Pines, and what I saw is I don't know what the rough conditions are. I don't know how brutal the rough is, but I will say looking at that course and standing on every tee box, there's a place to miss every shot where you're still in play. Like Yeah, it's not every tree-lined. Single, yeah. yeah, it's not tree-lined. It, it is a park style in a lot of places. So you've got two, three holes stacked on top of each other. There's a lot of places to miss. And so if if the rough isn't brutal, doesn't that kind of add uh, a piece for Phil that says like, oh, this is, I, I can spray it still and use what I'm good at, shot making, short game, because we know the scores are going to be shitty, right? Like easily even par could win. Yeah, the the but here's the thing with Tori is that's definitely true. Like, you can miss the fairway and not be dead in the sense of like you're behind a tree 
or like what we've seen the last few years that where you have these really long fescue where it's you know two feet deep and you know you if you hit it in there it's, it could be a lost ball like you just don't know but the thing with Tory is and like a lot of us opens is the greens are small and if they dry them out and make them fast and and hard like they do at most us opens if you miss the fairway the angles to where the pins will be make it incredibly difficult to get the ball either on the green or in the vicinity of the hole and so how how different is it dane when you when you're putting on poa like a late afternoon poa that's been dried out like that how how much more difficult is it because of the different grain and the different color of the green how much more difficult is that to read like subtle breaks well i i'm i'm a flawed putter so i actually like the bumps <laughs> the bumps right. help me out it's like bumper pool but if you're a good if you're a good putter it is it's really hard because it changes throughout the day so well, that's what i'm asking even yeah. just the reads to me that's oh sorry bump the mic for me like when i watch it on tv and i where i golf i'm looking at a lot of grain stuff right it's easy for me to find the grain and that tells me roughly which without the slope which way it's going to break which you know matches the slope but i'm looking at that on tv i'm like i wouldn't be able to read grain so anybody who's putting on bermuda which is everybody on the east coast they rely heavily on reading the grain they're not going to be able to read those poa greens and then i'm like well what about the people who play on poa all the time like how do they read that green is it just all fill because i i don't see how you could read the way the grass is laying because it's, there's so many different colors in there it'd be difficult for me to read it i don't know does that make any I mean, sense yeah it's it's you know the, the it's really similar to putting at jeremy ranch um here in utah where it, you get into the afternoons there and uh it just gets bumpy and you just have to kind of just trust your line and you can't really be like oh, oh like i i think because the greens are bumpy it's going to break more I think you just trust your line and put on it. The problem being is it's usually just makes it for tougher scoring conditions, but you know, some, I think that might help some of the players. I think that's why you see too, when you watch all the tournaments at Tory and I'll get into some of these stats in a minute, but everybody who plays well at Tory is somebody who plays well on the West coast is somebody who plays well on Poa greens and in California. And that's why like, when you look at this field, I feel like you can really kind of narrow it down to guys who actually have a shot because your people who struggle out here are going to struggle out here. It's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I, the, I mean, we'll get into this later, but like the, the guy who I really think to me is the favorite is John Rahm to win. Um, and if I were a betting man, which I am, that's, <laughs> I don't know what his odds are, but he Wait, how the guy is, out. Oh, he's 10 I, to 1. I missed this. How is he playing? Is the PJ Tour they don't do a two week quarantine? Why is he... I think he can I think he can play. I'm not sure. The, here's the PJ Tour I'm so mad at. They <laughs> they really mishandled that whole situation. And I'm not I think that it's fine that they told him that he couldn't play. I don't actually have a problem. Cause they, they're just being consistent. They would they've done that to players in tournaments prior to this. And John Rahm decided not to get vaccinated, which is totally his decision. But he also has to live with the consequences of that, which is testing positive for it. But the thing was is, I don't like that they told him as he's walking off the green on 18, and then not yeah. informing the announcers what they were doing. Because the way he reacted was so like, 
I mean, he was sobbing, like keeled over. Like yeah. we didn't know if someone in his family died or what. That the PJ tour for being a, a gentleman's tour and f- for being run by people who are supposed to be smart, they do a lot of dumb shit. Um, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't really like that. So I, I love Rom, and I, I think he is playing this week. And I think he's, I don't know what their quarantine level is, but he's won at Tory. He always plays well there, and. Uh, I think he has the best shot of winning of any. That's the guy I think should be the favorite. I don't know what the betting odds say. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting because you're talking like you haven't seen the betting odds, which I believe you haven't. And Rom is the betting favorite. So I think, I think, uh, by a lot, is it close? Uh, I think he's like plus a thousand. And I think the next person is plus 1600. I have it down oh, at the wow, bottom. That's, there. A, that's a lot. Uh, he's at 10 to 1. And then Rory's, yeah, oh, I guess, seen then it. it's Dustin Johnson and Rory. Um, Rory's an interesting one where I'm going to go back real quick, just about your, yeah, go back. Sorry. I, I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. No, yeah. you're good. I, all I wanted to say is I, it's weird that you bring that up. Cause I was thinking about it with the NBA today with, with like the Jokic foul, um, where you're in this really weird scenario where what Jokic did was absolutely by definition a flagrant too. But then you're like, man, it's kind of soft to, to toss a guy for that. Maybe we could adjust this ruling. But because of collective bargaining, they can't change the rule until later. But we're like, even when we all know what the rule is, we like beat on them because we're like, oh, you guys are so stupid. Really, they can't change it until they're allowed to change it. And that's one of those scenarios on the PGA Tour where if a guy's been disqualified for any reason, they almost always tell him as he's walking off the green. Right. Or they inform inform him of a penalty. Right. Yeah. But in the past, but we've never really cared about it. Cause it's never come and now yeah. all of a sudden this comes up and it's like some, sometimes with these leagues, I'm like, guys, it's okay to adapt. Like that's one thing with the PGA tour is yeah. like, that's not a ruling that affects anybody else. And I know that that's you, that's what you do. You tell them right then, but nothing changed. If you were just like, Hey, good plan. Can we talk to you in a sec? Like say, hi, we'll, yeah, we'll talk yeah. to you inside when we walk inside, but they, they're so structured and so rigid they're like, we have to do this right now because one time we gave someone a two-stroke penalty on the final hole, so we have to tell him. This is like, it was it was so poorly handled, but they're it just sometimes these organizations get so rigid that they look they wind up looking stupid. Well, and it's also like, and and I guess it's like a different scenario. It's where they, you know, they'll call a penalty on a player but not tell him until you know six or seven holes later, and. And this has happened a lot in major championships. It happened to Dustin Johnson when he won his US first US Open. I regularly they, penalize the, the players I'm playing against in tournaments about six or seven holes later. And it's which, usually based upon how much they're beating me by. Yeah. It's, Almost every it's, time. It's absurd. It's like you like you already knew what you knew what you were gonna rule. Why did you wait seven holes to do it? Because in golf, it completely will change the way you play. And right. so, um, yeah. Anyway, PJ Tour. I think they're they're trying. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're trying. slowly, they're slowly moving at a snail's pace, but they're at least they're moving in yeah. a forward motion. But. You know when you know what's interesting is that the PJ Tour. We hate commissioners everywhere, right? In every sport, we hate commissioners. I think th- I honestly think the only difference between the PGA Tour and all these other sports is that we don't. Like, we don't get super mad at the commissioner because we're not super invested on whether our player wins or loses because we're used to our player, our favorite players never winning. 
you know? And so it's like when you're super invested in your team winning every game, anytime something happens with the rules or something you don't like, it's a big deal. Cause you're like, Oh, this could have changed the outcome of the game, but that almost never happens with golf. And so when, even when commissioners mess up, we're just so much nicer to them. I think golf commissioner would definitely be the best place to be the commissioner of. It's the easiest commissioner. The PGA I mean, tour commissioner. Like he doesn't even have yeah, to be the, the USGA. He, no, he's PGA. He doesn't tour. make the rules. The USGA does. The USGA yeah. makes the rules. Like he it's doesn't have to do. Man. Oh, it's unbelievable. He's got the best gig in the world. Yeah, like every he once in a while, a reporter's like, "Hey, have you thought about changing that?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, we'll talk about it." And the reporter's like, "Gee, that's you're good at your job." <laughs> then they walk yeah. away. That's as much criticism as they get. All they have to be good at is hiring people. They just have to be good at hiring people to do like run tournaments. But the thing is that's so great about PJ Tour is what makes it really nice is they don't every tournament the host sponsor is usually the the ones putting the tournament on. And then yeah. the PJ Tour just comes in with their guys and basically just says here are the requirements like you know for just the basic week to week tournament. But man, what a right. great gig that is. He probably just plays a little, yeah. Yeah, like the the tournament here in Scottsdale, the PGA Tour just shows up. The Thunderbirds do everything. They also somehow raise a bunch of money for charity and put on the world's biggest golf tournament. The PGA Tour is like, hey, we'll bring the players. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thank you. They don't even bring, and they don't even do that. (laughs) Anyways, back to something that matters. So I found, I I found this uh, YouTube channel. This guy has a podcast. He has a uh, website, and it's just betting systems. It just is like all the data you could possibly get. And it's actually really cool. He gives it away for free. He doesn't charge anything for it, which is like any type of analytics like this you usually pay for, um, at least analytics this in-depth. But um, what he did is I, I took away a couple of his points. Um, and he went over the last people, the, the last uh, five winners, and he added up all their data of what they did. So, like, for example, 2021, Patrick Reed, he won at 14 under par. Um, and I believe this was the at Tory. Yeah, this is the last. These are the last people to win at Tory, I think. Yes. Yeah, this is the US Open. So this is, what, this is what he shot at the Buick or whatever it is now. Right. Buick. Farmers. Right, so 51st uh, in driving yards, didn't matter to be that long, right? Ninth in fairways, that's obviously really good. But then 61st or 63rd, greens in regulation, 46th, first in putts, right? But if you look look through all of these, because they all have those same exact stats, the one thing that struck me is that none of them – really have the same stats what stands out is you have to be good at like two different things no it's like two different things yeah right like everybody i mean putts putts matter Uh, obviously you can't you can't win if you're not in the top 20 in putts but all the other stuff it it really was just like you had to do you had to putt well and do one other thing really really well yeah but then you list the but then you list the champions and that's why the, the only reason i bring that up is when you list the last five champions, there's not a lot that they have in common. You have John Rahm, Jason Day, like those guys are kind of similar. But then you have Justin Rose, purely ball striker, Leishman, ball striker. And then you have Patrick Reed, who's kind of a shot maker. There's not like this mold of guy that you say wins at Torrey Pines. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, I, you know I I think it's it's it also the one thing that uh, I think all those guys have in common is they don't make mistakes. Like they don't make the dumb mistakes um, right. that a lot of people do. You know, when they're in position, they're in position. They're rarely going to make worse than par. And so um, I think that at Tory, that's what's really key because you're, you, it's not, it's not the most difficult course in the world. You know, I mean, you can go if you're when if you're you not say that when you like, say that, Dane, is it is it kind of like it's not that it's not difficult to not put up a huge number, but it's difficult to put up a low number, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's it's but it's also out there. Like, I mean, I've I've played great rounds there before, and it obviously wasn't in like the PGA Tour type conditions or U.S. Open type conditions. But um, I I think the the thing with that course is, you know, like you said, there's not at the very beginning, there's not like a ton of trouble um, off the tee, and so you can you can hit the ball in different places and if the rough's short enough you can still make par which it um, won't be it's just yeah it, it's just that you that's know, what i'm saying like right now with the rough how it is nobody's going low no but like and they, you just don't but like those guys don't make bogey inside 150 right you know like if they're in 100 un, inside 150 yards they're not going to make bogey all all five of those guys or four of those guys and so i think that's that's like a huge factor of besides putting it's just not making or avoiding mistakes that you shouldn't be making. Gotcha. Um, what can we There's take a word from... for it, and I can't think of it right now. I can't think don't, of what it is. Don't but... make – wait, what? Like the simple mistakes. Like just don't make simple mistakes. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. Exactly. Don't do, don't do dumb shit. Got it. Yeah. Um, so the last, the last two majors that we had – in at courses that had like California courses with the POA where we have kind of similar conditions. We had the 2020 PGA championship in Harding park mm-hmm. and we had Pebble beach in 2019 held the U S open. So Harding park. And this is one that like, I, I feel like people are really split on this Harding park. Colin Morikawa, Colin Morikawa put on that crazy. Like I still think probably the best ball striking tournament I've ever seen in my life. Especially that final day. Yeah, I can't think of anything better than the – I mean, Tiger had some amazing days, but that – like, Tigers were only better because it was Tiger, and we're like, holy shit, it's Tiger, and this was like, oh, that guy's really good. But Colin Morikawa put up – like, the way he hit the ball was just incredible. And that that seems like it would transfer to Tory, but he's – people are really, really split on Colin Morikawa. Some are saying, yeah, he should play well out here, and everybody else is just saying, like, he's not going to, though. He's just not going to. What do you think about Morikawa? I love Morikawa, and I think that he his game fits really well for Tori. I don't know. I don't know who's saying that he wouldn't play well there. I don't know if it's because he's been a little inconsistent this year, um, but I think he's trending in a good. I think the last couple of months he's trending in the right direction. Um, he's definitely one of those guys. I I would not be surprised if he's he's there in the final group on the last day. His game, I mean, when you hit his swing is so smooth, and he doesn't hit the ball extraordinary far. I mean, he's fine. He might be he's he's above average, but he's not crazy long. But if you hit the ball like he does, uh, you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in good positions. And he's another one of those guys that doesn't make stupid mistakes. 
good. Um, next, finishing behind him was Paul Casey. That one kind of seems more like an outlier. That, if I remember correctly, it was just like Paul Casey having the time of it, like the, the round of his life. I remember how well he yeah. was hitting well, it that day. And I remember he was freaking out about his fitness. But it just doesn't seem like a Paul Casey thing to me. Like, I don't – maybe I'm wrong. I, I'd have to go back and look at Paul Casey's um, record over here on the West Coast. But it, it just doesn't seem to me. I don't have any memories of Paul pa- Paul Casey. Oh, my mic – oh, my mic went out. Am I back? No, you're there. I heard you the whole time. Oh, you did? Oh, that's weird. My mic yeah. went out for a second. Yeah. Um, I just don't have any memories of Paul Casey being great on the West Coast. He's good yep. everywhere. Uh, he, that's the thing with Paul Casey is he, um, he's always there, but he's never gonna win. Like I, I don't feel like he's not a guy. I'm like, oh, that guy's gonna win, but he's usually in the top fifteen. Um, he, especially in majors and big tournaments, he's really consistent. He's another really good, but iron not, player. but not the, not the U.S. Open. He's no, never, that's true. I, I don't think he's ever yeah. played well in a U.S. Open. Yeah, that's true. Which is surprising because he's a really good iron player. But um, so what does that what does that yeah, tell you? I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not great out of the rough. Maybe he's not good in dry conditions. I don't think I, like, he's. What does that? What does that know. tell us? I don't. It might be his putting. <laughs> it might be his putting too. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, his. So I know for yeah. sure he's never finished in the top ten for in putting when I was looking at that. Um, yeah, so I don't he's not. He's I don't. Putter. He doesn't stand out as a great putter to me. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. How I don't know why we brought up Paul Casey. We both know nothing about Paul Casey. <laughs> I just know We're he's just, always on. The, he's always on the leaderboard, and he's English. Yeah, <laughs> and he always. And looks, he, like, he kind of looks like a dick. Like a fit, like physically. No, a dick like he, he like he is a dick. I think he, anybody who's in that good of shape is probably a little bit of a dick. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Johnson, that's probably my favorite. Uh, he was he tied for runner-up at, at Harding Park, and I think that kind of showed us that the way that he plays and the, his ability to rely on one ball sh- or one shot shape, he doesn't have a problem with that out here at Torrey. Like you can hit cutoff of every tee if you want to. It's not like you're going to be in trouble in trees, uh, or that you have trees that you have to go over and you can't hit a cut. So he's going to be able to rely on his driver shape and his shot shape really as much as he wants. It just is a matter of if those land in the fairway. Seems like to me. Yeah, and if he's like, and if he's just paying attention, like I, <laughs> he's 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 so he's such a weird guy. I've, I've I've come to this conclusion with Dustin where I feel like when he's focused, he, I mean, he's on, he's probably the most talented golfer we've ever seen. Yeah, sure. Um, and, but when he focuses and like when he's actually present, I think that's the word. When he's present in the moment. Are these? Are you trying to use um, other words instead of saying "coked up"? Are you? Is yes. that what you're getting yeah. at? Is yes. Is what you're getting? Like, yeah. When he's alert. When he's alert. Really close yeah. attention. When he's present. jittering. When he's jittering and <laughs> sniffs a lot. Nobody's um, more present than a cokehead. No, but he is. Like, if if he's present in the moment, he's unbelievable, and he, he plays better than anyone we've ever seen. He's just so aloof, and so I feel like I'll watch him play. I'm like, man, there's sometimes I just feel like he just is. His mind is elsewhere besides golf. Uh, but honestly, he's still good enough for he's going to be in contention. 
if this podcast ever gets uh, to the point where we have real guests and ever had a chance at landing Dustin Johnson, I'd schedule it like I, – I wouldn't even ask to schedule it until I made sure I went back through every podcast where I've made a cocaine joke about him. I'd have to get those taken out. That would be devastating to have Dustin Johnson not like me for a cocaine joke. So, Dustin, if you're listening – It also would be the worst a joke and I ever. apologize. It, no, it would be terrific. Be because I would be stoned and he would sound stoned and it would just be weird, but I think people would enjoy it. He's just such a boring interview. <laughs> like he's one of those people I'm not I'm not quite sure his IQ is above a hundred. I kind of enjoy his interviews to be honest. They're just so they're candid, they're stupid, but they're they're super honest. Like I saw him before the That's a that's a PGA. that's a yeah. Only and they were just like Jay. They were just like, who's uh, who's gonna be staying with you? Who's in the entourage this week? He's like, uh, I'm not not really sure. Probably just the normal people. <laughs> They're like, uh, how, uh, where are you staying at? Same place. Just he just doesn't. He's just so I think boring. He just doesn't know. Like so, he just says what he actually thinks. He doesn't. When somebody asks him a question, he doesn't think about it. He just says whatever comes to mind and i think a lot of times it's nothing comes to mind and he doesn't go any deeper than that he's not going to try I, and think about the question that you're asking him he either has an answer or he doesn't but he's not going to dig for it so i i just thought of this and i i think we need to have this conversation i think it's gonna be good i, I think dustin might be throwing a fast one on us he um <clears throat> because and this is the reason why number one his Wife is Paulina Gretzky, who is like a notorious party girl. Probably has, you know, like she's probably a bubbly personality. Um, and Dustin Johnson is no also known. Maybe <clears throat> her dad is the great one. Um, but Dustin also known for sleeping with with other PGA Tour players' wives. So I wonder if Dustin is behind the scenes. <laughs> A really say, fun, wait, charismatic guy. Have you not heard of this? Uh, I don't think so. I'm looking it up. Can you he tell like, me about it? Yeah, he slept with Jimmy Walker's wife. Um, he is like notorious. He's oh, like there we are. Very well known. Very well known. Like when he, when his back, when he got injured at the Masters, it was said it was over another person. It could might have been another golfer. Um, who got in a dispute with him because he slept with their wife or was caught uh, with another I believe person's it was, wife or girlfriend. Yeah, that was uh, Will McKenzie? Yeah, so like he's he's like known for slaying other people's wives, other golfers' wives on tour. And uh, and so, it, which, which makes me think that, because he's not overly attractive. He's not like a, a good look, like a really good looking guy. Um, so it makes me think that maybe he's got a sneaky personality and he just hides it. Yeah, this is the Johnson seems to be one of these guys who's got caught rotten twice before he g gives in, or who's who has has to get caught rotten twice before he gives in. He's been caught twice with cocaine and another two times with his pants down with other players' wives, one of whom was said to be Will McKenzie's wife, Allie. <laughs> That's yeah. Tough. That's tough. I didn't, tough. I didn't know that. I knew yeah, there was so, a rumor. I think that Tiger slept with uh, uh, yeah. what, who was it? Bubba, not Bubba. Duffy. Duffy. Duffner. Yeah. Duffner. Duffner's yep. wife. Yeah. Anyways, 
I don't anyway about that. I think the other. So we'll we'll get we'll get going through this quick then. What I want to know, Dane, did you go? You didn't have to go over that list exactly. Those were just just, guys' best bets. I've been looking at. I want to know your top three golfers who you will be putting money on this weekend, thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings. DraftKings, draft a king, and we'll king you. DraftKings. <laughs> so I, I would – That was good. So I think the two guys – the, the bet is who's going to finish in the top ten. Yes. So we haven't mentioned this guy, but Xander Shoffle, I mean, this is his home course in college. went to San Diego State from the area. He always performs well in majors, always. Like, he's always there. He's in the top 10. And, um, he, you know, he's at 18 to 1. So, again, he's a favorite. And uh, the betting odds aren't – I mean, they're, that's the thing with golf odds. Like, 18 to 1, it's good, but it's it's – I feel like you get better odds elsewhere. But I, I think Rom and Shoffley are, like, the two best bets. If you yeah, I think just... Shoffley is eighteen to one, which is uh, second best or third best odds. He's with Brooks Koepka. Yeah, but if yeah. you want, I think my my favorite bets, um, not not those guys because I think I think those guys are in, but got more more outside of the the you know the favorites, the betting favorites is Webb Simpson at fifty to one. Um, he's won the U.S. Open before. He's been playing really well the last two years. Uh, I think that he definitely could be a guy who's in contention. He seems like to always be there. So he's one guy. Another one is Patrick Cantley. I really yeah. like his game. He's He reminds me a lot. He He's kind of a, a poor man's version of Justin Thomas, where he can be – and I, I think he's just as good as Justin Thomas, but Thomas has done it more uh, and won more. Is Cantley can be 10 shots back and win. Like he can – out there and sh- he'll he can go out there and just ring off a 62 yeah, yeah. and uh so he's always in he's one of those players where you know, regardless of how far back he is um within reason he could still win a tournament and so i like him at 25 to 1 and then the last guy that i would probably pick uh, um out of those is uh who was it i hate Here's the thing. My heart always wants me to go with Rory, but he just disappoints me every major. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I think Spieth is a good bet. Um, he's been playing great this year, and he's been finishing really consistently in the top 10. So Spieth's another guy I'd put money on. At yeah, I, I, I like Spieth. I like his ability to you know, scratch out a good score from a bad round, which – you really could use it, Tori. You could have a you could have a good round to shoot seventy three. You could have a bad round to shoot seventy three, as long as you make yeah. make some putts. And he's one of those guys that can can a bunch of twenty footers for par. So I, I think that's Who a do good you bet. Like? Um, so I, I'm I think this is good that I am picking this and not you because you would you would curse it. But I love Finau here. Like I absolutely love Finau here because you said. You've got to putt well, right? We know that you have to putt well. But if you drive it well and have wedges into the holes, like you can get away with not having your best stuff with the putter. And the way that Tony's been driving the ball, like it's it's on a rope. It's not a terribly long course. He's going to have wedges into a lot of these greens if he plays aggressive and drives it well. And I think that's probably what his game plan will be. 
is to be really aggressive where he can because the driver's the best club in his bag. So I love Tony here, especially at 30-1. to 1. I think if Tony had like a recent win, even if he shot the exact same scores he shot, if he had a recent win, I think he'd probably be like – like ten to one, fifteen to one, right? He might be right there with yeah. Ron no one believes. No one believes. No one believes that he can win now. I think like yeah. he's teased us too much. Which there was and another guy not... that did that. His name was Phil Mickelson, and then as soon as he won one, he went on a run. And I think at some point yeah. Tony's gonna win one. And this is a great. This is a great spot for him. He spent a lot of time on the West Coast. I don't think California courses are a problem for him. If I remember right, he finished well at the PGA, didn't he? Yeah, tied for fourth. Like, yeah. He, he's listen, shown that listen. he can play on courses that, like, the same game that you need at Harding Park is the game you need here, or at least it works really well. If you if you bring the same game to both of those courses, it's going to work. Like, if you play well at Harding is what I mean, and you play well at Tor, and you bring the same game to Torrey, it'll play well. I think he's got a few a few top tens at the Farmers, too. So, um, Probably. I, I no, I think that that's a great bet. I you know Tony has don't bet it, don't bet he, it, you'll ruin it. No, I'm not gonna bet it. He <laughs> has given more golf fans blue balls than Pleasant Grove teacher Paige Tovey did to high school students. <laughs> and, shout uh, out, shout out, shout out. So, shout out that was your junior. That was a junior high school teacher. No, high school. It so was. I don't remember that. Yeah, person. she's high school. Yeah, there was a hot high w, man. She's like 24. She's 24. She's cute. Anyway, uh, um, no, I think that's a good pick. What's your next one? Uh, the next one I had was my my man. I bet him every major, and it actually pays off if I bet him 20. I think I bet him like top 15 and top 25. Uh, Shane Lowry. He's another guy that just gets around the golf course, and he can get hot, la- but he's he's so steady that shooting a couple 73s 72s like he's gritty he can he can uh he can play that kind of golf and he doesn't get flustered he doesn't get mad a bad thing can happen to him it just seems to roll off his back i like that kind of attitude for the it's funny that that's the kind of attitude you need in cal for california golf when that's kind of what californians are supposed to be right relaxed laid back yeah. but things just roll off their back they're all kind of pricks now but they used to be that way and that's really what you need to play well in California. My my last one, I was <laughs> – I hate this one. So I'm actually – I'm I want to say Sergio, but I don't want Sergio to play well. I just can't stand Sergio. I, the other two I looked at pretty closely, I like Charlie Hoffman for the same reasons, just his attitude, um, and Louis Oosthuizen. I thought those were two really good picks. Louis at 50-1. to one. Um, and Hoffman is a hundred to one, but if you're betting top 15, top 10, something like that, I think Hoffman's a, a nice bet at a hundred to one. I pay some pretty good value. You could lay 10 bucks on Hoffman. He's going to play well. He's not going to be way outside of the top 25 if he is. Um, no, I think the, I feel like you just picked Shane Lowry because he's, his last name is the same as Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, and uh, it's your favorite movie. So. It's one of my favorite movies. That's 100% correct. It's 100% correct. The, the, no, the I guy. Just, I just like Shane Lowry. I don't. I. I don't know what my betting record is on Shane Lowry. I'm assuming it's bad because I bet on him all the time, 
But if I ever have an opportunity to get good odds with Shane Lowry, I just take it. It was like 50 to 1 for Shane Lowry. Yeah, I'll take it. How does Will Zalatoris have a better betting odds than Shane Lowry? I don't get that. Listen, I, all, all I can think of with Zalatoris is how awful his like junior high, high school days were. Yeah. That's a tough last name for junior high and high school. Like, yeah. The joke's not funny anymore by the time you're like freshman in college. I got that's still kind of funny. Kind of yeah. <laughs> right. Well, some of us it lasts a little longer. Yeah. That's all I think about with uh, Zalatoris. He's been playing great though. Uh, didn't he just have a runner-up? I don't know. Did he? he? He was right. He was right there in the. He was right there last week and the week before. Like he's been playing really well. I can't, I can't take him serious. I can't take him seriously. I don't know what it is. I just can't like. We know what it is. Just say yeah. what it is. No, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's not just one thing. It's, but what is it mostly? It's his name, but it's also the it's way he looks. The way, and the way yeah, he looks. Yeah, like just, he kind of he looks like a Zalatoris. He does. He looks like he's he gets all He gets all red and pink when it gets yeah, hot. He, <laughs> <laughs> he does. Look at a picture of him when it's yeah, like hot yeah, outside. He does. Just this pointy little red dot. The other thing that's, the other thing that's weird about him is like he – He's like friends with all these billionaires and really powerful people. And he kind of just like, you know, dropped out of high school or just graduated high school and then just was like traveling the world. And no one really knew. And he wasn't on the PGA tour, but he got this, you know, I don't get like he's a he's an enigma to me. I don't can't put my finger on it. And I just don't trust a guy who looks that young with that kind of name. I think it's interesting that we mock his name and then you admit that he's an enigma and that yeah. you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. I think, I think, I think we've discovered the problem, Dane. Yeah, uh, I mean, for just ye- in for your years, in your relationship, I think it's for years. I, I tried to put my finger it out. on it and I just couldn't. I'm going to send you a chart uh, and and an instructional video after this. Thank you. And you're <laughs> going to learn a how lot. How to find the Zal- how to find the Zalatoris. <laughs> uh, does the Zalatoris actually exist? We'll talk about that next time. But he's also from San Francisco, right? So that's yeah. probably why his odds are pretty good. Yeah. All right. If you had to, if you had to, let's say, if you have to put five hundred dollars this weekend on the final winning score, what would you choose the final winning score to be? Just total under or over par? I'm going to go minus six. Minus six. Uh, I I really wanted to go like a plus one even, but I think it, I think that's a pretty good number. I think minus uh, – I think maybe even minus eight or nine. The weather's supposed to be really nice, so you're not going to have a ton of wind. When's the last time we had an over par U.S. Open? I think that one that Tiger, while, right? I think the Tiger and Rocco one at Tory was finished over par. I'm pretty sure. Or they or were least, one under. Yeah, but like everybody finished. I meant that the scoring average was over yeah. par. I just mean well like the par. final score. I think the last US Open or the final score was over par. It might have been the one Payne Stewart won. Uh, there was that one. It was it at Beth Page. Um, didn't Tiger win at Beth Page? What was the U.S. Open that finished over? And they, they just dried it out like crazy. Oh, it was, it's – no, it's – I know what you're talking about. Oak, Oak Hill? Oakmont? 
Was it Oak Hill? It in, might have been in Oakmont. One in Pennsylvania. I can't remember. One that's like outside of Pittsburgh. I I can't remember. But I I these well, guys are so good. These guys are so good now. I it's and I think that they. I think a lot of people complained with how hard they made some of like the U.S. Opens. Remember that one year? I think it was a few years ago. Phil had like a putt that he barely tapped and it rolled off the green or something like that. Yeah. And I think that I think that they learned from that that they they shouldn't make greens like that where it's unfair. And if you uh, these golfers are just too good, and I think Tory they played enough, and um, I think that it's. I think you're going to – I wouldn't be shocked if it was minus 10, but I think – I like minus 6. Um, So 2010 at Pebble Beach, it, uh, Graham McDowell won, and he was even par. Gosh, it's so think, shocking. And you said Tiger, Tiger was one under, right? Yeah. Is that what you said? Um, yeah, no way. He really was over par at Pebble? Uh, even par. Was? Wow, that's crazy. Um, Let's see. Congressional was way under. That was McElroy. That was the one he blew everybody away. I'm trying to to see here. The Olympic Club. Yeah, that was under par. There was one. I'm trying to remember what it was. It just seems like... I guess maybe that was... There was one that was really, really bad. I just can't remember what it was. It must have been earlier on. Hmm. I think Chambers Bay was was pretty pretty wild too. No, Anyways, I think I think they went not low that it matters. Chambers. That might have been winged foot. It was winged foot. I so, guess last year Deschamps won. Yeah, it was winged foot's the one I was thinking of. That's the one yeah. where Phil Mickelson blew it. Um, but Ogilvy won. Remember, that's the one Mickelson blew the lead. He had like a three shot lead or something like that, right? Well, last year Deschamps so won. Is, by a lot, and he was minus six, and the next guy was even. Yeah, so Wingfoot, Jeff Ogilvy won. He was one over, one over three. He was he won at five over. <laughs> at Wingfoot, that's the one I was thinking of. Anyways, Epka won an eighteen at plus one at Shinnecock. Wow. Look at look at all that knowledge we thought we had that we don't that we didn't have. Have any of them went over par? I don't think so. Like all just of them. Justin Rose in 2013 at Marion, Webb Simpson at Olympic Club. Wow, there you go. A lot. On Hell so Cabrera maybe, was plus five. Do we want to adjust that? Plus five. Do we want to adjust that number? I think we went too low. Uh, I'm gonna um, adjust my number to minus. Okay. Three. I'm gonna stay at minus six. Minus three is great. That was very, that was very confident of you. All right, well, yeah. we will uh, we'll be back for another golf tournament sometime soon. But you can catch Dane all the time on this podcast because he talks about the NBA. Dane, uh, I'm thinking about doing a uh, like a weekly episode to break down a TV show. So. I'm gonna yeah. let you. I'm gonna let you know about that. It's uh, off the air, and then let me know if we're gonna do it, and we'll announce that sometime soon. Okay. All right. Love you. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Love you too.